Welcome to Shine, a child and youth development podcast brought to you by Catalyst Family Inc. I am Valerie Kelly, and with me is my co-host, Ali Ladio. If you are a parent, teacher, or work in a childcare setting, our podcast is for you. On Shine, we interview experts in child and youth development, share helpful parenting resources and advice, and provide you with inspiring stories, as well as practical advice for supporting your family, community, classroom, and beyond. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. This podcast is presented to you by Catalyst Family Inc., parent company of Catalyst Kids. Catalyst is the largest nonprofit childcare organization in California, and we encourage children's unique development through play-based learning, support busy families through quality care, and strengthen communities by providing a safe place for every child to thrive, offering daycares, preschools, and after-school programs, camps, and beyond. Find us at catalystkids.org. Today, we're speaking with our internal experts about the importance of family choice regarding childcare with the recent passing of AB22. Allison Michelle Hall, who is leading today's discussion, is joined by Heather Slip and Zell Wolf, who have both have experience not just as experts in the field, but a vested interest as parents themselves in seeking the right option to meet the individual needs of their own children. All right, we're here today to discuss family choice as it relates to the passing of AB 22, Universal Transitional Kindergarten for Children in California. Many families don't know that kindergarten is not a required year, nor will TK be a required year for children. Every family and every situation is different. Each individual family can make their own choice based on their own needs for their family and children. Families work outside the home typically need more options to meet their needs and ensure their children get the education and care benefits throughout the workday. So let's start off by introducing ourselves. Um, I will start off. My name is Allison Michelle Hall, and I have been in the field of early childhood education for over 35 years and have worked for Catalyst for uh, over 20 of those years. My biggest concern with the upcoming changes in California is ensuring that our children get the type of program that has been proven to support their growth and development over their lifetime. They need programs that are developmentally appropriate and responsive to their needs. It's important they don't have to sit at desks or be given repetitive academic tasks, such as copying their name over and over and over for no uh, meaningful reason. The way that children make, the way that children make meaning in this age is to play write their names for real reasons, like on art projects or during dramatic play or when taking turns, singing, running around. This is how we make, this is how they make sense of their world. And as adults in the field of early childhood education, we must ensure that this is our, what our children um, get. So I'll turn it over to Heather to um, slip to introduce herself, and then we'll go to Lizelle. Hello, my name is Heather Slimp, and I'm the Director of Camps and School Age Quality with Catalyst Family slash Catalyst Camps. I just celebrated my 10-year anniversary with the agency in December and have been working in the camping and after-school care industry for about 15 years. I also have two four-and-a-half-year-old twins 
who currently attend preschool at Catalyst Kids Rockland. So the decision around TK and preschool is a very personal and recent experience for me. My name is Lizelle Wolf, and I am a program quality manager for Catalyst Family Incorporated. And I have been with the agency for three and a half years. I have held different positions in education for the past 12 years, been a kindergarten teacher, intervention teacher, preschool teacher, and site supervisor. So I've seen a lot of different things in different settings in this field. I have a five-year-old and a 20-month-old. My five-year-old was going to one of our full-day preschools uh, before we um, relocated. And so I do have um, my own experiences as well, just like Heather, um, when it comes to family choice for uh, four-year-olds. All right, thank you. So with the passing of AB 22, uh, Universal Transitional Kindergarten, four-year-olds will now be absorbed into the school district with each year, um, more and more each year between now and 2025-2026. The entrance date will move up a few months each year. Uh, so for example, they will have to be turning five by February, not four. Um, as the years move on, all of our four-year-olds will be absorbed into the school district. So the first question I have is how does this affect families and choices they have regarding childcare? So what families should know is that for this upcoming school year, if your child is turning five, like Allison said, between September and February, and you live in California, you have the choice of deciding between traditional kindergarten or another year of preschool for your child. For some families, such as mine, you may also be deciding on starting your child maybe in a private TK or kindergarten that will allow for, more, for enrollment following different cutoffs for birthdays. Yeah, I'm going to get a little technical on this. So in 2010, the Kindergarten Readiness Act was put into law into California. This law was the first step in starting transitional kindergarten across the state and was designed to prepare children for kindergarten. The California Department of Education's definition of TK is TK programs are not preschool classrooms or child development programs. They are part of the uh, K through 12th public school system and are the first year of a two-year kindergarten program, which uses a modified kindergarten curriculum. So I think that's really important to emphasize is that these are not going to be designed to be similar or the same as preschool or child development programs. They're going to be set up more like school. Um, then with the passing of AB 22, there are a couple of key takeaways. So it establishes a public school financing system that requires state funding for county superintendents of schools, school districts, and charter schools to begin TK programs at all schools. Prior to 2022-2023 school year, school districts were not required to have TK classrooms at all schools. Many school districts opted for a lottery system at selected schools. But starting in this upcoming school year, all schools will have at least one TK classroom. And then as Allison mentioned before, the bill will extend out the birthday cutoff from December 2nd 
to February 2nd for the upcoming school year and continue to extend the birthday cutoff through 2025, meaning that by 2025, all four-year-old children are going to be eligible for TK. So through advocacy work of child development agencies such as Catalyst Family, as well as support from the school districts, the bill also includes parent choice when selecting their options for their four-year-olds, or in my case, yeah, four-year-olds. I always refer to children in plural. <laughs> and uh, TK will not be re a requirement, but options for families. Nice. Thank you for that overview. Um, what are some of the options for families of four-year-olds uh, that can best serve their needs as we move forward? Right. And I think this is going to be something that we really emphasize a lot is it's a choice. So the choice between TK or a final year of preschool is a very personal decision for each family. When we hear transitional kindergarten is being held at school, some families might think that kindergarten readiness will be addressed and the child will have an extra year to, to grow and mature. That sounds great, right? But not so fast. <laughs> There's also a few other things that we'll need to consider, like continuity of care, lower ratios, uh, more developmentally appropriate curriculum, um, hands-on experiences, group sizes, um, and other opportunities that children have in a final year of preschool as opposed to um, a transitional kindergarten experience in the public school system. Those are important factors to consider when thinking about your child and whether or not you want a final year of preschool or um, if you want your child to be in transitional kindergarten. And as you probably know from the hundreds of decisions you already had to make for your child, you need to do what you think is best for them and for your family. Transitional kindergarten is free, which is a huge and undeniable consideration. So enrolling your child into TK may allevi alleviate some, some strain on the family's budget. So there's just a few things to consider. Absolutely. I mean, along with considering um, costs, there's also location, the environment that is being set up at the school, and hours of care. So many families might not realize, but many TK programs are going to be half-day programs, meaning that they're only offered for three hours per day. So for working families such as mine, a half-day pro half program does not work with our schedule, like the care hours that we are needing. And they will have to opt for a combination of TK and an after-school program. So also TK will follow a traditional school schedule and care will need to be found on school holidays and seasonal closures like um, summer break, spring break, winter break. Um, with TK, those school will be closed. And so you'll need to find um, care during that time. So being able to select between um, a preschool program and a TK program are very two good options to have. Um, I was going to share a little bit of my personal experience between deciding between full-day preschool. And at the time, we were opting for a private TK program. Um, my children's birthdays are in July, and so they actually weren't falling into that cutoff. However, many private schools and even some of the charter schools are now offering what they call or, you know, they are calling them TK programs, um, but their birthday cutoffs are they will accept all four-year-olds, which is the school that we found. Um, so we had started the process of enrolling our child, our children into this private TK program. 
we were um, really excited about it. I mean, at the time, they weren't in full day care. So the idea of having them at school five days a week um, from 8.30 to 2.30 sounded really great. We were very excited. And then um, we just noticed that we just weren't sure if they were really ready to be in a class you know, for six hours a day, five days a week. So we um, thought of like, well, let's put them in preschool for the summer um, just to give them that experience. So we enrolled them at Catalyst Kids Rockland. It's a full day preschool program that we have in the Sacramento area. Um, We opted, they started in June and they were going to be starting their private TK program in August. We're like, okay, we can give it six to seven weeks. That'll just it get them used to going to school more often, going to the preschool program more often. And um, it was about two weeks in to the preschool program. We absolutely loved their teachers. I mean, it was just a wonderful fit right away. They felt so welcomed. Um, it was a much smaller class size. So they only had eight children enrolled at the time over the summer. They had a very consistent schedule. And so as I was starting to say, two weeks into the preschool, my husband and I were driving home from dropping them off. And we're just like, we've got to keep them in preschool. Like we don't, we don't know why we would want to put them in a program when they're already in such a wonderful program now. Um, so we let the private TK program know that we were no longer interested in enrolling them. We stopped that process and they've been um, in full day preschool ever since. And the benefits that we have seen with their social emotional development, my son's language skills, um, their self-care routines. Oh my, like my kids just, they'll clean up on their own. They'll put their dishes away on their own. I don't have to ask them anymore. And I know they learned that at preschool. They don't learn that from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Thank you, Heather. It really is um, a very different experience. I think one of the other things that I know in uh, the public school TK system that the ratio for the next year, I believe is one to 12. Whereas in a privately funded um, or funded, excuse me, a state funded program, you will get a one to eight ratio. Um, The group sizes, I think, are pretty comparable at uh, 24, but it's very different to have 24 with two adults versus 24 children with three adults. So I think uh, the individual um, care that can happen and the support with things like you know, uh, toileting, um, the option to have a nap would be available. Um, Typically in a TK, uh, public TK program, that's not available to children. And some children do fine with that, but uh, some will not. And will still need that time to kind of um, rest and and relax. So anything you wanted to add, Lizelle? Yeah, I was actually going to say, it's, My story is similar to Heather's, but I also focus on something different, too. Um, For us, just like Heather, a TK program wouldn't have met our need as a family because we do have, my husband and I both work as well. So 
all of those um, holidays or teacher work days wouldn't have worked for us. We still needed childcare on those days. So having having my daughter in a full day um, classroom where it meets the you know the hours that we work was really really helpful. Um, because I knew that she is in a place where she's cared for. She is provided healthy food. She has, um, you know, responsive interactions with teachers that I didn't have to worry about her during the times that I am working and my husband is working. But beyond that, too, I I just know that the program was really supportive of my child's individual needs. So, you know, she, my daughter loves creating. She's she's a she's a creative person and. She really thrives in an environment that has consistency, yes, but also is appropriate, developmentally appropriate for her age. Um, I just know that if she was in a space or environment that it was, you know, kind of rote, uh, rote work, rote memorization and um, sitting and not a lot of creative play, that is not a place that she would have uh, enjoyed. Um, she really loves, you know, that free play work time that they have uh, for at least an hour a day. That's where she thrives. She likes creating and imagining. And she comes home and tells me about all the different things that she did during that day. Um, and those are just, I think for me, as, as someone who has taught kindergarten previously, to me, that experience of a four-year-old still being in a preschool classroom um, and having the freedom to be able to play and learn through play is really big because I know that uh, the focus on in public schools and is is to have the academics set in place, and, but the focus in the preschool classroom of really focusing intentionally on social emotional development and creativity as well is really is is really important. My my daughter learned about. Um, about um, conflict resolution in the classroom, in the preschool classroom, because she did not experience that at home. She had a little baby brother, so she didn't have to have conflict with a baby. But at school, she had to learn how to um, identify her emotions, know how to appropriately um, deal with those emotions and know how to be respectful of others. And she would come home and tell me about the songs or about certain things that she learned about how to take turns or how to be respectful of someone else. And that's just, you know, those are things that you don't learn be by just being at home or probably not in a, pre, in a public school setting. So to me, that was really, um, it's something that she's brought even as we moved. Um, she uses, you know, that, um, the uh, calming techniques that she's learned from her previous, from her catalyst program of, you know, take knowing when to take deep breaths and how to do that. So I know that those are things that she's brought with her even as we move. So they're really uh, big skills that she wouldn't have learned if she went to a more academic program. And, you know, that's, that's a really great point, Lizelle. I think one of the things that people sometimes get confused about is that when children play, they don't somehow learn academic concepts, but in reality, they learn a lot of academic concepts through their play. They're problem solving. They're, um, you know, they might be calculating something mathematically that they're not thinking. It's not math on a piece of paper, but it's, you know, they're counting how many cars are going down the ramp that they built and how fast they're going. So they're learning about speed and, and spatial relationships. So 
you know, in in this early um, stage of their development, they really need that opportunity to have the hands-on piece. And if they move too quickly to the rote piece, it's really, they're missing a whole piece of their development, which, you know, when you're pouring in a water table and you're pouring a half a cup, they get, you know, they may not be talking, oh, I'm pouring a half a cup, now I'm pouring three quarters, but they're experiencing that. And when the academics do come a little bit later in, you know, late kindergarten, first grade, um, and not that they're not exposed to them, they're definitely exposed to them in a developmental um, preschool program. But um, as those academic um, concepts start to set in later, children have a better foundation and understanding if they've been able to put their hands in the water table, play in the Play-Doh, you know, have those dress-up experiences and outdoor um, opportunities. So so I appreciate you uh, sharing about your, your children. Um, another question is, um, if you could t- just talk a little bit about how, uh, as an agency, Catalyst is moving forward um, in this kind of era of change where universal transitional preschool is going to become a part of our of our existence in California. How is the agency responding to meet the needs of families? So at Catalyst Kids, we have multiple options for families that are deciding between TK and final year preschool. So I'll talk about that preschool side. So for families that make the decision that a final year preschool is a better option for their child, we have many preschool programs located throughout the state. In our preschool programs, children have ample opportunities to explore and play like we've been talking about. They make their own decisions. They reflect on their decisions. And social emotional development is nurtured and supported in a smaller and more intimate environment. Um, And they are provided even with healthy meals, knowing how to know if you're eating a healthy meal and conversations with each other um, and responsive interactions with with adults as well. And um, in our preschool classrooms, they'll have a good foundation of knowing how to learn, not just what they're learning, knowing, loving, uh, uh, loving to um, play with others, loving to learn and not exactly just learning concepts. So it's really the process and not the product when it comes to our preschool programs. Heather, did you have anything to add to that? Yes, I do. Um, yeah, I wanted to just speak to those for families that want to combine the school's um, TK class and our after-school programs. So Catalyst Kids has already been offering kinder programming prior to the passage of AB 22 and creates those supporting environments tailored for TK and kinder students. So for families that do want to opt for the school's half-day TK um, program, you just Every school is going to be different. Some are going to have half day. Some might be, you know, five hours or six hours. Some are going to be all day TK. But um, with Catalyst kids located on campuses, families have the option to enroll their child into our after school programs. Um, And with our TK and kinder programming, our younger students are grouped together and follow a daily schedule that is better suited for their development. 
So this will allow children to play and explore and have fun with children of their own age group with not necessarily mixing with the big kids. So I know that that is one concern that families might have is that with enrolling children in an after-school program, that that might mean that they are also um, intermingling with fifth and you know fifth and fourth graders, and that just might not feel comfortable at the time. Um, within our programs, we do our best to have all of our younger children grouped together, um, so there isn't as much intermingling. So we are able to really um, tailor those programs for our younger children. Thank you, Heather. So just kind of to summarize, to help families who are facing this challenge, um, can you each talk about some of the benefits, just sort of in summary, because I know you've said them throughout, um, some of the benefits you see in the type of program that you chose for your child? Absolutely. Lizelle, would you like to go first? Um, sure. I think one of the things that I maybe have not mentioned yet, but really just kind of came to mind right now is the way that the environment in a full day in our full day preschools is set up. Um, there are multiple opportunities in different areas around the room for children to express themselves and to be able to learn through those different experiences. So we have areas like the dramatic play area and the block area. Um, and we also even have quiet areas in the room. And that really speaks to the fact that we really think about individual children in our full day preschools, because maybe being a part of a large group is not something they're comfortable with. And having a quiet area is a good place for a child to ha just have some time for themselves or um, have a time with just another friend, another person to be able to be away from kind of this whole um, this whole large group, uh, loud noise, loud interactions that they want to get away from. So I think that's something else that really is is important is just the, the way the environment is set up is very intentional in our preschool programs, you know, besides the activities that are planned for them. Yeah, that's absolutely a big part of was our decision as well for keeping our children in the preschool program as opposed to going to a private TK program. The environment was just set up so beautifully, so intentionally. Um, there were just so many more options in the, in the classroom that we did see in the private TK's classroom when we went, when we toured there. You know, one thing that really stood out to me that I was even a little hesitant before we started the enrollment process of the private program was that because of COVID restrictions at the time, they were having their TK students sit in desks. And they did say that that was not the, they were not planning on keeping them that way. As soon as they were able to um, take the desks out of the environment, they would. But even during the tour, I was like, my son is not going to sit in a desk. <laughs> um, especially at that age. Right. And then, but again, at the time, we were thinking more of the needs of the the location the cost it within our budget and we were going to be able to get five days of care. So that was kind of outweighing it at the time. But as soon as we started the preschool program, the smaller class sizes, the teachers were just so warm and comforting. Um, 
just knowing that my children were, oh, the other, my children were comfortable using the bathroom there because they were going to get support from the teacher because that, you know, that just um, an adjustment for them for being, being, you know, there's, it's one thing to be comfortable at home, but being comfortable in the classroom. Um, And then also I didn't, I didn't consider it at the time, but the, the snacks and meals were covered. I remember saying that on the first day when we were getting ready for preschool, it's like, oh, I don't have to pack a lunch. I really just, I just had to pack their sleeping stuff. It, I didn't have to bring all this stuff with me. They didn't have to have backpacks. They didn't have to have lunches. It's like, oh, we can just go into the classroom. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just been such a positive experience for my children and our family. You know, Heather, that mm-hmm. reminds me of something else that's kind of a benefit uh, of uh, of my daughter going to uh, one of our full-day classrooms. My child is a very picky eater, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. being served healthy foods, healthy meals and snacks at the centers, the, at the center really opened her up to actually trying more things beyond what she was used to or what she only likes. That, mm-hmm. that the encouragement from teachers, because we don't force them to eat the healthy food, <laughs> right. they have the encouragement and the option and they see that this is what's served. And there's conversations about what healthy food is that really opened her up that now she's very open to like trying food just because she knows, oh, yeah, I can't like I've heard it from my teacher. I should try it first and see if I like it. You know, so mm-hmm. she has a different attitude towards food because of the experience and that that and the other thing too is that that it's not just eating food like it's a conversation with the teachers they're si- mm-hmm. sitting together at a table and having conversations family style and that's very it's it's um it's not just a meal time it's also kind of this bonding time community time with other children and their teachers so i think that really helped her um, kind of think of mealtime as something more fun <laughs> than mm-hmm. just having to try food that she doesn't want to eat. So I think that's something else that as we moved and relocated, I, I, that's something that I definitely miss is her being exposed to different types of food that is good for her and for her to actually learn uh, to have a different attitude towards trying new foods. And it's just kind of funny thinking about that now that I never appreciated that back when we were still at the preschool. But now thinking of her, you know, being in a different um, school now um, in another state, it's just so, I'm so appreciative of, of that experience of her being at a, a, a preschool setting that opened opened up her um, her mind to thinking about food a different way. Yes, there's just so many things to consider. You know, I'm I'm looking or thinking about like in summary, it's it's ratios and group sizes of the program that you know you want to put your child in. A big, big piece of it sounds like it's curriculum and daily routine and what they're doing with children and throughout the day. Uh, to ensure that their individual needs are met. So it's looking at, you know, does your child still need a nap or not? Um, is your child ready to be out on the playground, um, you know, uh, kind of on their own without their teacher? That's a very big change for children, even as they go into kindergarten, um, 
you know, they need to, they, if they go into a TK program, typically there's different uh, people that come and, um, you know, kind of supervise during the lunchtime because the teachers need their lunch too. Uh, in a early childhood program, it's very different because teachers will take turns taking lunch and someone will, will step in there, but there'll always be somebody they know uh, available to them in the classroom. So, and then also uh, one topic that we didn't talk about, although all schools are going to be required to open these TKs, there may be, um, you know, at least in the first couple of years, um, lotteries for different schools um, that may, you know, kind of make it difficult to get into the TK program that you want to in the public school system or the one closest to your head. So kind of um, being in a early childhood program um, takes away that stress and headache of dealing with that uh, district lottery as well. Mm -hmm. As well as the logistics and all the many other things uh, that you covered today. Uh, in this podcast. Is there any final words you would like to leave the listeners with before we sign off? No, I think it's just using this podcast as as maybe a starting point in the decision-making process, because there are just so many things to consider. And when you're it's all about making the right decision for your family. And that is one of the benefits of the passing of AB 22 is that parents have the choice. Transitional kindergarten is not going to be a requirement. Um, so that is one thing that I really appreciate is that, we, you know, I have, while my children didn't fall under the um, the birthday cutoff this year, I've been able to use the my experience in the past year to talk with friends that have four-year-olds that are going to be TK eligible next year and having discussions with them personally about the options that they have. And it's it has been mixed. It's been a mix of, oh, we're just, we're going to do school. We're going to maybe, we're going to look into a charter school. We are going to do preschool. Um so just being able to have those options is really wonderful. Yeah, I think definitely the the kind of that final, you know, just a reminder that this is you're, that just like Heather said, it's a it's a it's the best choice for your family. The better choice for your family is what you need to um, to go with. And I think one of maybe kind of a next step, because Heather did say that this is kind of a first step. The next step after this could be going to your public school and asking about their TK program, mm -hmm. really asking questions about what kind of curriculum are you going to use? What, what is the environment going to look like? How many teachers are there going to have? Tell me about the teacher that's going to be in the classroom. Like really ask questions for you to make an informed decision and then come to one of our preschool programs and ask our set of leaders the same thing. And then you can make a, a more informed decision when it comes to what's best for your child. Because I really think that once you hear kind of the details of each one and see what meets your family, family's needs and your child's needs um, in a best way, then that's where you go with. So it's really just trying to get as much information as you can to make that informed decision. Great. Thank you both for being here today and 
um, good luck to all the parents making these decisions over the next few years. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Shine, inspiring conversations around children, family, and early child development. Please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and connect with us. You can find us at catalystkids.org slash shine.